Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. say thank you to the Drance and to Ken and to Lynn um, Osler and, and all the team that, that pull off everything that we do here. Yeah, put your hands together. It's uh, so comforting to know that um, people that you, like you can go away and know that the things are going to happen as well, if not better than when you're here. So, uh, so it's great to have that confidence. Um, and, and, you know, Robin said it, but I, I want to say it again. A, a white Christmas has been a family goal for us for a... Well, it probably hasn't been articulated that much, but, but it was just something in my heart that I really wanted to do. And one of those things, as a dad, you, you wanted to be able to sew into, and it never looked like we'd ever be able to afford to do it or, or be able to position to do it because our kids were growing up and they were having their own kids and, and life was moving on and uh, it seemed more and more unlikely and and uh, then the opportunity came up and and uh, it was amazing to, to do that and uh, it was a very very special time for us as a family unfortunately my son couldn't be there and his wife and and uh, so you know it was one of those things they just had a baby they said yes we'll go and then next thing you know they were pregnant and having a baby and no work and like it just it was one of those things that we couldn't do much about so that was unfortunate but it was a great thing to do what else have I scribbled on the top of my notes here um, yeah, this morning could be a little bit of a smorgasbord because uh, we arrived back Friday afternoon and I think I've had a lot of breakfasts in a couple of days. It seemed like every time we turned around, the plane was serving you another breakfast and you go, I've just missed the night here somewhere. How come I'm having another breakfast? And, uh, um, and we arrived back Friday and came home Friday afternoon and, and yesterday I tried to prepare a message and kept nodding off during the day and then couldn't sleep at night and uh, so it gets like that sometimes when you travel and I went to bed late thinking yeah that'll, that'll make me sleep and I was awake at one o'clock and three o'clock and five o'clock and then finally just got up in the end and went oh I just can't sleep so uh, so it could be a little bit of a smorgasbord but there's some good stuff in here this morning that I just hope I can bring out but I know the word's sharp but I'm not sure I'm so sharp here this morning so but there's something that gets me really excited and passionate about people when I see them living intentional lives living on fire on purpose for God or what in fact I get excited when I see anyone living on purpose for anything really but particularly as a pastor obviously um, to see Christians without living their lives on purpose intentionally for God it gets me really excited And, and it's people who live by their decisions and not by default you know there's a lot of people in life who just live by default Whatever's thrown at them, they go, oh, well, that's okay, we'll deal with that. Next thing you know, no, we'll deal with that. And, and I just think it's much better to live by our own decisions than by the default position. And I see, I think that's living an intentional life. And that's what this new series is about. Um, this will just be an introduction this morning. I, I've got some, some good stuff to come in the following weeks. Um, this title is called, uh, the title of the series is called If Living an Intentional Life. And... Uh, you know, I'd just like some time this morning to address early in the new year. You know, I didn't get to preach the first message of the year, but it's the second one. And uh, it's time to address some stuff, as Chris was saying this morning, some things we'd like to adjust in our lives now 
for the rest of our year and maybe for the rest of our lives, to make things some priority. And you might have heard this before, that it said there's three types of people, those who make things happen, those who watch things happen, and those who wonder what happened. And, uh, and I just want to ask you that this morning, which are you? you know, do, do you make things happen? Do you watch things happen? Or you wonder, how do we get here? What, how did this work out? And can I tell you, sometimes I end up in that last category. Hopefully, I'm, I'll, I'll like to be in that first category. But, uh, but the truth is, it's no different for our spiritual life, for our Christian life. Spiritual growth requires an intentional effort, okay? It takes effort to grow spiritually. Spiritual stagnation and decline require no effort at all. If we do nothing, I'm telling you, we'll decline spiritually. It just happens. You know, if we, even if we are staying still over time, we actually are going backwards, I'm telling you. And Christian or spiritual discipleship is basically deciding to put Jesus first in everything. Jesus first in all our lives. You know, one of my favorite quotes is, is this, and it's back from my business days, but success is when preparation and opportunity collide. Success is when preparation and opportunity collide. When those things come together, I tell you, when we are intentionally prepared for those opportunities, when we are physically, mentally, spiritually prepared for what God opportunities might come across our path, might intersect our lives. You know, when those things become apparent, when we are, when those two components come together, I'm telling you, that's when we'll live an intentional life. That's when we'll live something that we might call a successful life. That is when there's amazing success in our lives. And the problem is often, often because of our lack of preparation, we don't even recognize the God opportunity in our life. Because we're not prepared, the God opportunity can hit us in the face and we can turn away from it. If we live our lives intentionally, though, we will prepare ourselves for those God opportunities. You know, the thing that I struggled as a young Christian when I was from business background and, and you know, pretty proactive in a lot of areas, and, and even today as a pastor, the tension between what God's supposed to do and what I'm supposed to do. How, how do you work that out? What, what's God supposed to do and what I'm supposed to do? And I'm pretty much a doer. So I don't hang around too long, you know, and so I have to balance myself to try to stop those urges to do it in my own strength and wait on God, the God opportunity or the God timing. But for some Christians I've encountered, it's the opposite, you know. Um, They use this waiting on God's perfect will as an excuse to do nothing, almost even blaming God when when, when things don't happen in their lives. And I've seen it too often and it disturbs me greatly, you know, and, and it might be this sort of thing, you might have seen this as well. You know, I remember as a young Christian, it almost discouraged me from continuing my walk with God, can I tell you? Because this guy I talked to, he said, um, it doesn't sound big now, but for me it was pretty significant. Um, 29 years ago, I got a prophecy that I was going to be youth pastor. I said, yeah. He said, it hasn't happened. I said, okay. And? Well, God didn't do it. And it just stunned me. I went, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, even as a young Christian, I went, you've got something wrong with the way you're thinking about this. You know, I've heard of people that have had these prophecies to preach to thousands of people and get thousands of people saved and, 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 and it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And they get all out of shape with God. 
and, and they've had these words that will have a significant ministry and, and different things like that, you know. None of it's come to fruition, and I, I, I wonder about that, you know. And maybe it's something more basic like just getting a family member close to God, you know, get someone saved, a friend, a, a neighbor, a, a family member, and it hasn't happened. And, and But my question is, how are you preparing for that God opportunity? What are you doing right now to prepare for that, to make it easy to happen, not to make it difficult, not to God to have to do a miracle? What are you doing now to make a difference in that scenario? And, and, and for those people, I, I asked this guy some simple questions and, and the reason became very evident very quickly why it hadn't happened. I said, well, did you ever go to Bible college, you know, to prepare yourself for what God was going to call you to? Oh, no, 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 no. No, I'll just wait. I'll just wait till God does it. Then I'll, then I'll, then I'll prepare myself. And I think, you idiot. That's not the way it's going to work. You know, God just can't go zap you and go, now you've got all that knowledge you need to, to do that. You know, it just doesn't happen. Have you ever prayed and fasted about that? No, no, I wouldn't do that. No, 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 that's hard work, you know. Did you seek any discipleship or mentoring or coaching with someone to, to actually get alongside you to help you become what you feel like God's called you? Come, no, 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 I wouldn't, wouldn't do that. No, no, no. Did you make it a priority in your life? Are you living intentionally? If you've got a call of God on your life, what are you doing right now to move towards that? If you feel like you've got that calling in you, what are you doing now to prepare yourself for that God opportunity up ahead? It's a challenge, and, and, and it's a challenge for all, all of us. Get intentional about that. Whatever happens, just get intentional. Don't force it. Don't make it happen. Don't do it in your own strength, in your own will, in your own timing. Wait for the God opportunity to come about. But when it happens, you'll be prepared and you'll take it with both hands and you'll run with it. And you'll believe and you'll see those blessings and those, those I don't know, just those promises and, and, and all those things that, that come into being when you just prepare ourselves and position ourselves for what God's going to do in us, do in us and through us. You know, here's the thing though. God doesn't necessarily want favorable outcomes for our lives. And I know that can be a shock for some of us like we do, like we want that prophecy to come into being, don't we? Like, yeah, I want to be that, that provider for the church, so I want to have a provision for the church, or, or I want to be that worship leader, you know? And, well, you're taking singing lessons? No, 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 I wouldn't do that. No, 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 I wouldn't, no, wouldn't be prepared to do that. Well, guess what? It's probably not going to happen, you know? And, and, and the thing is, can I be as bold as to say, he cares nothing about the outcomes or successes in your life but what he intimately cares about is this, who we become in those processes. How we respond to the stresses and the strains and the pressures of life. Our personal relationship with him in that process. How is your faith being grown and developed under that pressure? See, that's, that's where diamonds are made, under pressure. Turn from coal basically to, to diamonds. And, and then they'll open the doors to greater possibility and greater potential for those positive outcomes in our lives. But God doesn't necessarily want to give you that, 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 that thing, you see? You, you, he wants to see who you become in that process. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but, but I don't know if you've ever thought about the Christians that you've known in your life that were really positively influenced you, who were most significant in your walk with God, influencing you that way in our faith. 
And, and I think if you'll think about it, for me, it was people who appeared to have the strongest relationship with Christ. You know, men and women with big faith, extraordinary confidence in God in spite of what God threw at them. It wasn't about circumstance. It wasn't about their blessing or being blessed. It was actually about who they were and their faith they had in God. And the most often these people have a faith that has absolutely amazed us. You see, I'm convinced that God is most honoured through living an active, living, intentional, audacious, big faith. I believe he is most honoured when we live that sort of life. And in the scriptures, the only time that, that we see Jesus was amazed with anything was about people's expressions of faith, both great faith and little faith. You know, in Matthew 8, we read about a centurion that comes to Jesus to ask for his help, to help um, heal his servant. And in this conversation, he confirms Jesus' authority to, to heal this man. And in verse 10, it says, When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. He said to those following him, what I'm telling, about to tell you is true. In Israel, I've not found anyone whose faith is so strong. I'm amazed at that. It goes on in verse 13. Then Jesus said to the Roman commander, Go, it will be done just as you have believed it would. And the servant was healed at that very hour. Go, it will be done just as you believed it would. You see, that centurion, he was prepared for that. He knew the authority Jesus had. He knew what he could do just by saying, Yes, that will be done. He, he just approached it that way. Mark 6, though, in, in verses 5 to 6, Jesus is amazed at people's faith in his hometown. And it says this, Jesus laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them, but he could not do any other miracles there. He was amazed because they had no faith. He was amazed because they had no faith. Where are you in that spectrum of faith today? Have you got great faith or have you got little faith? Where are you in that spectrum? Because I think it's honoring to God if we have a great faith. You see, a big faith is a big deal with Jesus. And when people acted the way that way and believed in him, about him, he was impressed as we are as well. Let's have another look at a scripture that, that's about being intentional, I think. It's 2 Peter um, chapter 1, verses 5 to 9. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. So add to your faith goodness. Add to your goodness knowledge. Add to your knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. I love that. Add to your faith. Be proactive in that. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they'll keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But, but, whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. You see, there's an opportunity there. If we possess these qualities in increasing measure, they'll keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, in your faith, basically. And that word, add, in the Greek is, is chorea. And it's basically the same word we use for choreograph. You know, when you make a dance, you know, when, when someone like Sarah puts together a dance and all the components and they plan and they look at all the different parts and, and put it together. And, and it's like intentionally putting all the components of a dance together to make a lovely demonstration of what that is. And, and, and it's like that for us in our lives, intentionally 
adding to our faith, goodness, adding to that, adding to that, adding to that, intentionally. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, I'll keep you from being ineffective, unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you do that, if you see, it's a, a decision we have to make, living by decisions, if we do that. You know, one of my personal life scriptures I refer to constantly, it seems simple, but there's such a depth to it. And it's Deuteronomy 8.1. And it says this, Be careful to follow every command I'm giving to you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess. You see, God has a promise for every one of our lives. Absolutely, to enter and possess the promises of God. I, I believe that. I truly do. And yet, sometimes we want to enter and possess before we increase before we grow before we develop before we live it out and 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 we get get it around the wrong way you see i believe we have to live and increase first to then enter and possess you see that's the preparation mode that's being intentional to to walk and move towards those promises of god we have to be faithful to god's commands his promises make them a priority in our lives to live intentionally to increase intentionally in faith, in obedience, in love, in Christ-likeness. As we live intentionally as Christians, we'll put God first. That's what it comes down to, simply. Just putting God first. Then, then the promises of God will become evident. Then we'll enter. Then we'll possess those promises that God has for us. And this morning, as I... I move towards the, the conclusion of this. I've got some points, just four points for you, very simple points. But I just think they're really important points to start the year out. And, you know, they, they're not religious. I'm not going to... It's just these four first that I want to show you here this morning. The first thing I want to do is ask you this question, though. What kind of year was last year for you spiritually? What kind of year was last year for you spiritually? Was it spiritually apathetic? Was it spiritually inconsistent you know were you hot some of the year and cold some of the year you know were you spiritually consumed were you on fire for god throughout that whole year well the truth is this is a different year and there's an opportunity to do something different but we have to do something different to make a different outcome we've got to position ourselves differently matthew 6 33 but seek first kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things were given to you as well. Seek first God's kingdom. See, if we put these four areas we're going to talk about, I'm going to guarantee you something this morning. If you do this, what I'm talking about this morning, I'll guarantee you at the end of this year, you will have the best year spiritually you have ever had. I will guarantee you that. Money back guarantee. I don't know how we'll work that out, but anyway, we'll, we'll try but hear what I'm saying and what I'm not saying here this morning. I can't guarantee that you'll end up being financially better off. I can't guarantee that you'll get that new job. I can't guarantee that you'll get that raise that you're looking for. Because that's not really what God's blessing is all about anyway. And truthfully, it won't help you grow spiritually anyway. I don't know about you, but I grow the most in the tough times. Because you've got to make a choice to go to God, not away from God. And too many people in the tough times seem to move away from God instead of run to him. And it's just the wrong way around. But if you do these things, I guarantee you'll be growing spiritually. You'll have the best year spiritually you've ever had. You put God first. You'll feel closer to him. You'll be growing in him. And uh, 
And I think that's what we all really want anyway. You wouldn't be here if you weren't, if you didn't want that, right? Um, And I know it's what God wants. So if we put God first, we'll do these things. Intentionally, first of the day, seek God. That's the first point. Intentionally, first of the day, seek God. Psalm 63, this is in the New King James Version. O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh, flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there's no water. Early will I seek you. Mark 1, verse 30, uh, 35. Very early in the morning, while it's still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. You see, we have to do something. We have to make a choice to seek God in our lives the first thing of every day. You know, now, you might say, well, I don't work well in the morning. That's okay. Do it whenever it works for you. I'm not saying it has to be the morning. But for me, it works best in the morning. And the scripture seems to, to coincide with that. So what does it look like for you? got to be consistent time with God you know is it intentional is it are you deciding to make that a, a priority for you or is it hit and miss you know is it all over the place when is it for you you know reading scripture there, there's we just have to be getting into the word if we don't get in the word we're not getting fed you know and, and that's your choice your decision to do that or not to do that I can't make you there. I can't turn up every on your morning in the doors when you wake up and say, come on, get your Bible out. Come on, let's read this verse today and, and let's get together. It'd be nice if we could do that. But it's just impractical. We can't do it. You know, we've got reading plans for you. I've got reading plans in the foyer. You know, if you want to read through the New Testament in the year, we've got a reading plan for you for that. If you want to read through the whole Bible in the year, you've got a reading plan for that. If you want to read part Old Testament, part New Testament, you've got a reading plan for that. If you want to buy, buy a Bible like I did one year in the one-year Bible that, that I bought back in 2003. Now, I'd read the Bible through a few times before then, but I couldn't tell you how many times. I can tell you with accuracy, I've at least read the Bible 10 times because I know I've read through that Bible every year for the last 10 years. Now, can you, can you, can you see what I'm saying? It has to be intentional. It has to be a choice. It has to be Yes, I want to do that. I'm going to do something about it to position myself, to prepare myself for that, you know. And, and so buy yourself a one-year Bible or, or get one of those, those sheets we've got up there, you know. And before you get up in the morning, before you check Facebook, before you check your phone, before you do all those other things that we are so tempted to do, pray, pray, seek God, read his word, pray, you know, do a devotional. Get a journal. We'll start writing out stuff. Write it down in God. You know, I love journaling. And, and I don't do it as much as I'd like to actually these days. But, but I love looking back at my old journals. Because I can tell with accuracy what's going on in my life, in the church's life, what, what we're doing, what we're preparing for, what's ahead, what, what I feel like God's saying. I can tell what in every season. And it's a wonderful thing to do, you know. Um, Robin, I think, uses Every Day with Jesus, something like that as a devotional each morning. You know, I, I tend to use something like My Outmost for His Highest, um, uh, which is a, a, you know, it, it just challenged the way you think about Scripture and, and the Word. Spend time with God. Sit with God. Wait on God. Sit in His presence. Read His Word, pray, and then sit. Just just let Him speak to you. Just just close down all the, the things that you could or should be doing for at least a minute or two, or three, or four, or five, but five minutes is a long time, can I tell you? It's easy to say five minutes, but man, when you're sitting there and going, come on God, where are you? Come on. And, and your brain goes in all sorts of directions, but at least be proactive and intentional about that. 
Seek God first in your day, your week, your month, your year. What's your plan? What's your plan for this year? How are you going to be different at the end of the year? What, what are you doing right now that will make a difference in this area of your life? How are you being intentional? Don't wait any longer. Don't. Seriously, make a plan. Make yourself accountable. Get alongside someone. Just do it differently this year. The second point is intentionally first the week. And this is worship. This is our, our service, our church service. You know, this is on Sunday. We have it on Sunday here. And, uh, and Acts 20 verse 7 says this. On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. The body of Christ came together. Hebrews 10.25, let us not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. You see, if you make church a priority for you, and I don't even know why this works, but it just does. If you make church a priority and you make it a commitment to be here intentionally, it just makes a difference in your spiritual walk. You get fed, and you might not even like most of what I say this morning, but I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will challenge you anyway in that process. Because you're being confronted with stuff. You're being asked to make a choice or a decision or a thought or consider how you're going to act in that process. And you will end up different just through that. Put God first in your week, committing to worship, to worship together as the body of Christ, meeting together, gathering together as a group of Jesus followers. You know, and, and, and I, I completely understand church is only an hour and a half in a week. And, and we've got the rest of our lives we have to outwork our Christianity. Totally get that. Totally understand that's what we're meant to do. But I'm telling you, this is like a refresh, like a, a recharge, the batteries. It's like a time where, where, where you, you let God and the Holy Spirit just, just do something in you in the process for the following week. Yeah, if you can't get to church, that, that's fine. We don't get religious on this stuff because we haven't got a role. I don't know if you're here or not. You know, if I talk to you, I know you're here, but, uh, but I'll probably forget that anyway. So, so it doesn't, you know, it's one of those things that, that you just, it's up to you. It's your choice, your decision. I can't make any difference in that. If you want to come, commit to it. Be intentional. You know, read your Bible, pray, do that every day. Get to church the first day of the week. Make that a priority. Put it at first in your diary, not last. You know, I know there's a lot of stuff on. You know, we can worship on any Sunday, anywhere. If you just go down to Bunnings, you see the same cars there every Sunday. They turn up and they do all their, their hardware shopping and they, they get all their little things. They might even have a coffee. And, and, you know, you go to the shopping center, the same thing. They worship there. They worship buying stuff, you know. And for some of us, it might be sports. For some of us, it might be work it might be food it might be i don't know whatever it is for you but but seriously make church a priority worship together as the body of christ i'm telling you it'll make a difference in your life intentionally intentionally first of the month and this one's tithe and chris said we don't talk about money as much here and we have actually talked about money a little bit in the last few times i've preached but you know when you get paid just decide you're going to give a percentage of that to, to God. That, that's what it comes down to. I, I don't get out of shape about 10% and, and it has to be 10%. And, and, you know, we're in the New Testament and, and, and yes, there's reference to the tithe and we'll look at that in a minute. But uh, when you get paid, just intentionally consider what you are going to give to God in that process. And just be intentional with that. Just follow that through. You know, just, just be proactive in that. Just commit that and just be consistent and faithful in that process. You know, become a percentage giver. 
you know, and we, we talk about the tithe and that, that does actually mean 10%, but, but I don't care about it. If you're giving nothing, give something. If you're giving something, give a little bit more. Just try it out. Put God first in your, in your month. You know, or your week or your fortnight or whenever you get paid. I actually get paid monthly, so it works well for me at this point, but it may not work so well for you. Um, an Old Testament scripture, Leviticus 27.30, a tithe of everything from the land where, where the grain from the soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. And then if we look in the New Testament, Jesus refers to it in 23, uh, Matthew 23.23 23, in the New Living Translation, this one is, hypocrites, well, he's talking to the Pharisees, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, faith. You should tithe, yes, but don't neglect the other things. It's putting God first in our finances. It's just being resolute and, and going, you know what, God, I'm choosing to put you first in my prayer life, in, in my seeking your face in every day. I'm choosing to put you first in my life and come to church on a regular basis and get involved and serve and, and do all the things that represents. And then I'm also prepared to commit to this, God, to give out a, a percentage of what I earn because I know you deserve it, God. In fact, it's all yours anyway and I'm just returning a little bit back to you. Intentionally first of the month. And the last one here is intentionally first of the year. Fast, fast. And, and we do a 21 days of fasting at the start of each year and, and prayer and fasting. And for some of you, you know, you still scratch your head thinking, what are you doing? What's this all about? What's this for? And, and I understand that. To fast just means denying ourselves physical needs, you know. And, of course, we can fast any time. It doesn't have to be at the start of the year. You know, truly, I probably fast two or three times a year for specific things or just times I feel like I'm just, just off the the front edge where I need to be and, and, uh, and I try to get those in. But there's different times, types of fast. I'm not going to have time to go into it in a, at length this morning, but there's things like Daniel fast where you don't eat any processed foods. Um, it might be for you a food fast, so you just, just drink water. Um, there's total fast, but I don't recommend those unless you're under medical supervision. There might be a social media fast for you. It might be a TV fast for you. It might be an internet fast. It might be a, a mobile phone fast for you, you know. Uh, but don't be a wimpy in fasting. You know, don't, don't uh, fast from exercise if you haven't done exercise for the last 10 years and go, there you go, God, I'm fasting for you again. Here I go, suffering for the Lord. Don't do that. Joel 1, verses 14, declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Summon the elders and all who live in the house, in the land of the house of the Lord your God, and cry out to the Lord. You see, we do the physical thing, but then we've got to cry out to the Lord. We've got to seek Him for all we have and all we, we want in our lives and all the things He's got for us. And, and for some of you, it might be you're fasting for your marriage, it might be you're fasting for a family member, if you're a parent or, or, or a sibling. You might be fasting for finances. You might be fasting for a job. You might be fasting for that sin that you just can't get unstuck, that just keeps becoming evident. You just can't seem to move away from it. Yeah, fast for the promises of God become evident in your life. You see, we do the preparation and we wait for those God opportunities, but there's stuff we can do in that preparation, like fasting and praying, that prepare us even better spiritually for that God opportunity when it comes. Matthew 6, verses 17 and 18. 
But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will be not obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, you don't have to not tell people that you're fasting, of course. But just saying, don't put on a, a dour demeanor because you're fasting and go, oh, woe is me, or why? Oh, I'm fasting again, you know. It, it's not about that. Just get on with life and just commit intentionally to fast and do that for God. And you see, fast will bring you into a focus. I, I, for me anyway, can I tell you from personal experience, when I fast, I'm telling something happens, you get this laser sharp focus. And some of the most significant things I've written down in my prayer journal were when I was fasting. Now, there's no guarantee. There's no formula in God. You can't guarantee this. But, but for me, it'll set, if you do this, it'll set the tone of your year. It'll set you up for intentionally to succeed in what you want in the year spiritually. It'll position you for breakthrough. And I'm going to finish with a story that, that I want to tell you because, you know, as you know, we're in this 21 days of prayer and fasting. Well, how do we get here? You know, and, and I've always fasted, but I didn't really ever feel to go, well, church, come on, you need to join in this. Let's make this happen. There's never really been something I, I, I felt really uh, urged to do. But a few years ago, um, we've probably been doing this for three or four years now, I think. But a few years ago, we were in a tough position. We were stuck, you know, really. And, uh, and, and I remember the board and their leadership sort of deciding, we think it's a good idea if we did some prayer and fasting to see if we can get unstuck. And uh, we're stuck in our finances. We're stuck in this building. We couldn't build this building. We're stuck with council approval. We, we couldn't get a, a occupation certificate, occupancy certificate, sorry. Um, we couldn't do some road work we we're supposed to do at the front. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you mainly about the road work this morning, but there was multiple levels of this going on. Robin and I had sold our house and taken a mortgage for the church, for the property. We're stuck there. We, the bank wouldn't give us money, it seemed. And, and there were so many things, layers of being stuck. It was ridiculous. When I look back now, I just shake my head and go, heck, how did I even survive that? It was crazy. But the one I particularly want to talk about this morning is we were supposed to build a deceleration lane along Nelson Bay Road, about 50 metres back that way. And if you know anything about road work, it's expensive when you talk about that stuff you know we, we're trying to get finance for the church and that which all happened by the way but but this is the main thing i thought to, to talk about this morning and and we we fasted and prayed and it, it's easy to say in a couple of words like that but man i tell you i fasted and prayed like i never had before i, I, I seek god with all my heart I said god you call me here i know i know you've done that i know i'm meant here for a purpose but you know what if we can't pull this off I don't think I can show my face in this place. You know, I've staked my reputation on this, God. And and really, if I can't pull this thing into reality, I don't know that I can stay around. I'm going to have to resign. And, uh, and it, wasn't a, it wasn't a threat. It wasn't like a, a, a threat to God. It was just like one of those things of God, this is, this is the reality of the situation. And anyway, we got a breakthrough in finances and people commitment to build the, the building and... Uh, we still didn't have the money to do the road work and we couldn't get the occupancy on the building until we'd done the road work. So we couldn't actually use the building even if we got it finished. Now, we got some quotes. We did the planning work and I think we spent $30,000 on doing the planning work for the, for the front road. And, and we positioned them. We started to get quotes from... And not many people wanted to do the work because it was only a small job for them. But it's on a state road, so the RTA has to supervise it. And I think we got a quote for $180,000. We went, how are we going to find that? 
like for, for no reason, for something outside our property that doesn't sort of benefits us, but doesn't really, because we knew it was going to be ripped up eventually in a few years with the new dual lanes when eventually they came through. But then we found out we actually had to put in another $180,000 in guarantee over the work because the, the RTA said, well, if you spend that much, we want to have that money available to spend if they don't do it the right way. Even though we're paying for their supervisor to be on our site to oversee the work that was being done at the same time. You go, my goodness, how hard are you making this? Um, now, we didn't have that sort of money. Never have. May not ever, <laughs> you know. Um, but for something that had nothing to do with the church, it just didn't seem right. Um, anyway, the truth is, I believe something got broken. We got a breakthrough in our time of fasting. Because it wasn't immediate, but in a, a very short period of time, the guy from the RTA rang me and uh, he wanted to make an appointment. Now, I was ducking and weaving like crazy because I knew we couldn't do the work. We'd done the quotes, we'd done, we knew how much money we could get available. It wasn't anything like that. And uh, so I, I did the best not to take the appointment, but eventually he turned up and, and sat in my office. And uh, the first thing he, he talked about was church and he ended up being a Christian. He was the supervisor for our job. But I knew why he was there, because it was the time. I just had a conversation with council. They said they are going to close us down. They said, look, you've, you're outside the conditions of, of what you're supposed to be doing, and we're going to close you down. And I thought, whoa, that's pretty heavy. Um, but then I was talking to this guy, and these words came out of his mouth that I did not expect. He said, don't do anything else on engaging a contractor for your road work. And I, I was stunned. I was so stunned, I actually had to ask him to repeat what he just said. I said, mate, I, th I think I just heard these words, but can you say them again? Because I'm not sure. And, and he basically just said, no, don't do any, anything else on the road work. Don't touch it. And I, I couldn't make any sense of it at all. Within a couple of weeks, we got a letter, an official letter from him saying, yes, you no longer have to do that work. Um, it satisfied the requirements of council because the RTA had let us operate with what we had out the front there. And, of course, the whole dual lane uh, work had started process and the state government was starting to commit money to, the, to fund it and they're starting to commit to buying land. And here's the funny thing, um, well, it might not be funny to you, but uh, um, within 12 months we were talking to the RTA that they were buying land off us at that stage. They, they wanted to purchase the front shed and the, the front portion of the land out there and they actually had to pay us money. <laughs> and you go, God... How did you do that? How did you do that? That is incredible. And, of course, all that's been finished and, and the shed will come down, I think, in the next few weeks, actually. Um, you know, the, the other things that I can tell you about that, just in a few sentences, is basically in that following, we, we've committed to, to fasting and praying at the start of each year as a consequence of that. And, and uh, the first year we did that, I'll tell you, our numbers actually almost doubled. Now, we got into our auditorium, so there was other things involved in that. Last year, we've put out another 50 chairs in this auditorium. And then, even though we're not full this morning, of course, we are getting quite full, even with this many chairs out. And uh, so we're looking at doing our second service, which you fill in a, a bit of a survey there during the year. And uh, God is amazing. God is amazing. From the time when it looked like we were going to be closed down, the time when I was thinking about resigning, the time it looked like we didn't have two cents to rub together, well, five cents then, um, you know, incredible, turn around. 
and, and we built this building debt-free with the help of some of the money from, from the front row. Unfortunately, Westpac wanted their share of it as well, so, uh, so some of that disappeared in their pockets. But our finances have increased and continue to increase and improve. Our numbers, our ministries are healthy. Our outreach ministries are doing fantastically well. You know, every week we have 60 or 70 families for mainly music here, unchurched families. Whoa, you just don't get those sorts of opportunities naturally. There's a supernatural blessing and favor that comes when we fast and we pray and we put God first in our year and we seek him with all we have. You know, youth ministry is blossoming. Is it a fluke? No, it's not. It's because we choose to put God first in our lives. You know, this year we're focusing more on, last year we were praying for God to give us some more land and this year we're praying on to finalise that extra three acres that we've got next door you know, through that subdivision and hopefully that'll happen by the end of this month. Looks like we've got a, a date for the end of this month. You know, there's so many plans for the future, so many plans. A wedding chapel, a preschool, a counselling centre, an indoor play centre and a cafe, you know. And, and why? To reach our community, to get our community onto this church site so we can actually meet with them and, 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 and tell them about... the. Jesus and the good things that he can do in their lives. Connection with our community. That's what it's all about. It's all about outreach. It's all about who we can reach in this process. Do you know how it'll happen? No, I don't, truthfully. We'll plant churches. We'll plant campuses. It's all going to happen. I just don't know when. And I'm just being prepared. I'm preparing myself preparing the church as much as I can for the opportunities that God is going to bring in the future. I'm open to whatever God wants us to do. You know, I've got a, a sense of what that looks like. You know, this is like the day that I walked in the front door of the old pool building and <laughs> everyone else only saw rust and chlorine and decay. I saw a church. I saw a church, this church standing at that door, I was looking up this way, I could see the church. And, and I couldn't tell you how or when that was going to happen, I just knew it was going to happen. And it caused us a bit of grief on the way through because not everyone could see that. But that's okay. It makes you stronger in the tough stuff. Today as we pray to finish, I'm pretty sure at least one of those areas you've been challenged in whether it's the daily thing, the, the, the seeking God, whether it's the weekly gathering together, commitment to that, whether it's the monthly giving, whether it's the commitment to fasting once a year, whatever that is. Oh, by the way, on the fasting thing, if you still want to jump in, it's not too late. You know, it was the 12th day we, we fast, we were prayer and fasting through the 21st, so here's an opportunity to get involved as a church and do that together. But as we pray today, I want you to intentionally do something about that in your life. Make yourself accountable. Make a decision. Tell someone. Write it down. Commit to it. Get alongside somebody. Intentionally putting God first in your life. In whatever area you're challenged in. I'm telling you, at the end of this year, if you don't do anything different right now, you're going to end up exactly the way you are or even further backwards in that process. It just happens, church. It just does. As the band comes, I'm just going to pray. Father, 
I pray that your word has been sharp this morning, Lord. Lord, that it has challenged us to think differently about our lives, to think about how we're preparing ourselves for the future that you have for us, God, for those promises, for those those great things you have in, in our future, Lord. How are we taking responsibility? How are we intentionally preparing ourselves for that, Lord? And, and whether it's the, the daily thing that has challenged you here this morning, whether it's the weekly thing of the commitment to church or the, or the giving thing or the fasting thing, Lord, I pray whatever that is for each one of us, Lord, we commit to it with all our might, intentionally doing what you've asked us, intentionally putting you first in our lives, in every area of our lives, God. Father, I thank you for this wonderful church. I, I thank you for this miraculous church. I think for the supernatural activity in this church, God. Because God, truthfully, <laughs> I haven't got anything that can make a difference in this anymore, Lord. I've just recognized that I'll do whatever I can in the process, but Lord, it's your will, your timing in every instance, your God opportunity that we've got to be ready to possess, to take, to enter into, to take a hold of whenever that comes around. And God, I ask for blessing and favor, continued blessing and favor, increased blessing and favor to live that life that you would want for us, God, in this place, God, to make a difference in this region, to plant churches, to, to do second services, God, to do more service in this place, God. Father, to, to do whatever you want us to do to make a difference in this place, to reach this community for Jesus Christ. That's what we're about, Lord. And Father, we need to dedicate dedicate ourselves to that. We need to be intentional about that. We need to put you first in our lives. And this morning, I'm just going to ask you, just easy, very simply, if you just want to stand up to join in with this prayer this morning, if that's you, just start to stand to your feet. Stand to your feet if that's you this morning. If you want to commit to this this year, to be intentional about any area of your life, let's stand together as to a church and pray. Father, you see your saints you see your people, your children, God. Father, help us be intentional this year, 2014, to make a difference in our lives, to put you first in every area of our lives, God. Father, commit us to that. Make us accountable to that. Lord, let's, let's, it's not just a New Year's resolution, God. This is a, an intentional decision to put you first in our lives. And while you're, you're standing there at the moment, if you're here this morning and you go, Greg, I'd love to do that. You know what? I don't even know this Jesus. I, I, I knew him once, I think, but I've walked away from him. I, I've never really committed to this. If that's you this morning, here's an opportunity to get your life right with God right now. And it's real simple. I just want you to put your hand in the air and just say, Greg, that's me. If that's you, put your hand up right now. If that's you, thank you, Jesus. If that's you, put your hand up right now. Who else here this morning wants to do that? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. We thank you, Lord, for your eternal promises, God. Wow. Father, help us be intentional this year. Help us put you first in our lives. We thank you for your continued blessing and favor on us on this region, on our nation, on this world, God. Father, you can travel all over the world and there's no place like this. No place like this. 
Thank you, Jesus. Pray that in your precious name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.